0: In this talk today I'm going to speak about a very important topic uh, as it pertains to every single one of us at some point in our life and that is the topic of uh, soulmates, seeking soulmates and uh, what I'm going to be speaking about is going to be a brief, a very brief overview of uh, how to find a spouse according to the Quran and the Sunnah as well as a relationship between the spouses uh, without a doubt, one of the things which uh, is important is that you, there's similarities between the spouses. And this is understood when we look at the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, when he says in a hadith that the souls are like soldiers, those whom they recognize they get along with, and those whom they do not recognize they will not get along with. And this hadith is in Sahil Bukhari. So uh, basically what this says is that, you know, there are such things as soulmates, you know, people that are similar and have similar objectives and aims in life. And as a result of that, they get on easier. Again, with regards to uh, marriage, the importance of the topic, then it's understood when we look at the fact that from the most uh, best things in this dunya, the best things in this dunya is the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said in a hadith, is a righteous. And a pious wife. In this hadith, uh, this dunya is a uh, is a a joy. This world is a temporary joy, and the best of these temporary joys is a righteous wife. And also, as well, there's another hadith that highlights the importance of the spouse and these two mates, how they bond and how they gel together. And that's the hadith where Fatima bin Qais came to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because she had been proposed to by uh, Ma'awiyah and Abu Jahim and also Osama ibn Zaid. So she was she had these these proposals. So uh, the messenger she came seeking advice. The Messenger of Allah, sallam, said to her, "As for Ma'awiyah, then he is for lahu that he's poor; he doesn't have any money." And as for Abu Jaham, that he doesn't leave the stick from his side, uh, meaning that he's uh, uh, abusive, as some scholars have mentioned, the tafsir of this towards his uh, wives. And then she said, Marry Osama. Then the Messenger of Allah said, Marry Osama. So she married Osama, and then she also said, I married him, and I was envied. I was envied, meaning that. The marriage was successful. So these two hadith, when you look at them, it shows the importance of uh, having a, or the benefits or how a marriage can be, it can be a happy marriage, a blissful marriage, uh, as long as you take the, for example, the necessary means, and you follow, for example, the uh, guidance and the guidelines that are there in the Quran and the Sunnah that helps you to uh, choose and to live, inshallah, a happy life. Because marriage, as is well known, you know, is happily ever after, happily married. You don't see those quotes saying miserably married and miserably ever after, for example. That's not the uh, situation of marriage, as these hadith show us. So, first of all, uh, uh, if you look in the text, the Quran and the Sunnah, your spouse is your other half. Your spouse is your other half. If in the case of the uh, wife, then it's a husband. Or in the case of the woman, then it's a man. In the case of a man, then it's a, uh, a woman. All right, so that's your other half. The messenger of Allah, wasalam, said in the hadith, uh, whoever gets married has completed half his deen. So let him fear Allah, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, with regards to the other half. And this highlights to us that is one of the first major steps that a person takes in his life in the sense that he's going to now start building a legacy is going to build something which is going to live beyond him so it's a big step that a person makes when they get married and that being the case it has to be something that a person does it for the right reasons a person does it for the right reasons what does that mean everyone knows the hadith that's on the screen in the or bin is another wording of this hadith. It says that your actions are in accordance with your intention or of your intentions. And this hadith is uh, a key hadith when it comes to all actions that a person does. In the actions are by intentions, meaning that you when you're going to proceed in this action of getting married this big action that has a big impact on not just you but on everybody around you your yes. friends as well as your family uh, you have to look at your intention uh, carefully you have to look at the reason why you want to get married and not just you have to think about your intention you also have to try to think about the intention of the other person as well try to work out why are they want, why do they want to get married to me for example you know you, you might need to you need to know why you want to marry them you just need to think about why it is that they want to marry you when it comes to getting married then the scholars mention the intention that a person has to have first and foremost uh, they have to realize that marriage is a command from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. so they're doing it and they're doing it because this is what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us uh allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to get married and not to have relationships outside of marriage this is one so the intention is to follow a command of Allah subhanahu wa taala. Thank you Marry uh, what is pleasing to you of women. Secondly, it's the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as is well known, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he got married and he encouraged us to get married. Uh, so this is following the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is another reason why a person gets married. Some people came to the Messenger of Allah uh, one of them said i'm not going to get married i'm going to uh stay away from this pleasure this worldly pleasure it's as if he was saying and the messenger and another one said about uh, uh, uh fasting and not eating and, and so on and so forth the messenger of allah said uh, as for me then i eat and i break my fast i sleep and i stay awake at night for salah and i marry who and this is my sunnah for the sunnati for men and sunnati minni whoever goes against my son and then he's not from me this is the other reason so these are two reasons as well from the reasons a person should get married as well is thinking about the future having wanted to have righteous offspring so this is one of the reasons a person gets married to be able to uh, continue through his uh, offspring for her offspring to continue the legacy that also as well to protect your honor meaning to stay away from zina. And to help somebody else protect their or not to, for them to stay away from zina as well because relationships in islam between a man and a woman are only permissible inside of the institution of marriage and lastly to establish a muslim home and this is uh, really key when we speak about families you're speaking about or we speak about marriage you're speaking essentially or you're speaking by necessity by extension about families and when you're speaking about families, you're speaking about a home. So this is some of the, re- these are the main reasons why a person should get married. The reasons that a person, wrong reasons that a person gets married, I'm not going to cover that in this uh, talk because time is uh, limited. The next thing is to ask yourself is, am I ready? You know the intentions to get married, but really uh, at some point, you know, you're not, you're, you, you know, you say to yourself, okay, I'm ready to get married and your parents also as well are included in that yeah they see that you're ready to get uh, married and what that means is you look at yourself and you look at your level of knowledge your level of actions and your level of how you have regards to advice giving it and taking it as well as patience these four things are key to success if you're unable yourself for example to uh, learn what you need to know of the religion as well as of the dunya or, and you're unable for example you don't you're not implementing what you know yourself on yourself first and foremost and uh then in this case how are you going to be able to do that in the case of a man with your wife and your uh kids in the case of a wife with her husband and her kids as well uh with the case of a woman so this is key and this is why allah ta'ala mentions as is one well known, surah al-asr al-asr inna al-insana lafi khusr illa wa salihati wa in this verse, Allah subhanahu mentions these four things, that all of mankind is in a state of loss except for the one who has belief meaning he has knowledge and he acts upon it, does actions, gives advice and is patient. Because when you're in you're in a situation where you're going to be helping somebody else to build uh, their, their iman, helping someone else to build their actions, giving advice, you also have to be willing to be patient in that situation as well. So these are key things to ask yourself these questions self have some reflection about yourself the level of your actions application of the salawat uh, application of for example paying zakat and the like before you proceed the next thing is looking at for example who you're going to marry Uh, and again i'm going to this is going to be a brief overview i'm not going to go into into too much detail on each of these topics Uh, however it's important to understand as i mentioned at the beginning of the talk from the Pleasures of the dunya, the best things of the dunya. In another wording of the same hadith, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wa said, dunya mata'un min mata'a dunya shayun afdalu that this dunya, this worldly life, all of it is a type of enjoyment, a temporary enjoyment, obviously. It's not something which is eternal, it's a temporary enjoyment. And the best, the best of these enjoyments in this world is going There's nothing better than a righteous wife. There's nothing better than a righteous wife. Okay, as a man men marry for different reasons men marry for different reasons sometimes a man gets married because of how beautiful she looks and this is unfortunately the case which you find uh, you know when they say for example you know love at first sight and this type of statement doesn't exist love at first sight because it's it's more to do with desire and passion when you see somebody you know and these this are some of the dangers of marrying based upon looks purely uh, there's that's one reason the second reason a person gets married, is, and all of this is in the hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Where he said arba'in," That women are married for four things One of them is her beauty, the other, her, how she looks The other one is to do with her family, her, her status, her beauty, her, her wealth, her money, and her religion These are the four things Some people get married because there's a financial benefit, sadly You know, they get married because she's got money, she's stable She's got an income, she's got a place, and these things. That's the reason that they get married to, to a woman, for example. Other people get married because of her family name. You know, she's, got a, she's, she's a, from a, a, a family which are known. And lastly, people get married for the deen. The Messenger of Allah said, when he mentioned these four reasons that a woman gets married for, he specified and he said, choose the one that has deen, taribatiya adaka. adaka is important, it's a phrase, right? It's the phrase, which means, May you be successful. So it's a dua from the message of Allah, wa sallam, that when a person gets married for because of a person's deen, as a, result, as a result of deen, then he's going to be successful, inshallah, in his affairs, in his future affairs. So what this hadith means, when you're going to look at what are the traits that are sought in a woman, when we say hadin, what does it mean? Hadin, uh, it doesn't just necessarily mean, for example, her establishing the salah, and given the zakat, her deen in relation to her husband, in relation to what's expected of her as a wife, that I think is key to highlight because some people may not fully understand it. Of course, the salah is included in all these things, but that's that's the and that's the basics. of are speaking about the things which are uh, uh, in addition to those things. So these are four reasons a man get married. Okay, that doesn't mean you get married to somebody that you're not attracted to. You got, I'm just married someone I don't like. I'm not attracted to her. Okay, I'm doing this for Allah. No. That's also a mistake. Don't say, I'm doing this, I'm doing this just for Allah, man, for Allah. No, you're it because you're attracted to her. You want to, you're going to, you want to spend it to, uh, your life to give and the like. So it's not something you do for Allah, something that you get a benefit in. But at the same time, you have to make sure that she has deen because ultimately that's what's going to give you success, as the hadith mentions. The second issue is a husband. So when it comes to the other half, i.e., a woman seeking a, a, a sister, a woman seeking a husband, Then the Messenger of Allah mentioned two characteristics in a man which are sought after. What is it that's sought after when it's looking at the man as a husband? Because the man, like the woman, he has many roles. He has many roles that he has. He has a role, for example, as a son to a mother, as a son to a father. He's also a husband. As a husband, when a woman wants wants to get married, the Messenger of Allah said, and this was addressing the wali of the women. Addressing those, the, guardians, the, the guardians, the awliya of the women, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned that if, a, uh, if a, uh, uh, or a man came to the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa and he asked, who should I marry my daughter to? Specifically, who should I marry my daughter to? A big question, a big question, because you're giving away your daughter, you want to, make, you want to give away and be content, have that contentment in your heart. The Messenger of Allah said, marry her to a pious man, a person that's uh, from taqwa. Why? Because if he loves her, he'll honour her. And if he doesn't like her, he's not going to oppress her. And then the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu said in another hadith, so this is one characteristic, taqwa. In another hadith, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned two characteristics, where he said, if a uh, proposal comes to you, i.e. to the wali, the guardian, from a man who is, has taqwa and good character, then get them married, basically. You know, marry them, uh, because if you don't, then the messenger says there's going to be facade in the earth, meaning uh, by preventing marriage, the two people that are suitable and compatible, is going to lead to uh, it's, uh, it's opening the doors to zina. Uh, as regards to this, the husband looking for the husband and characteristics which are good in a man uh, to be a husband and a wife. The other thing is important is the proposal. With regards to the proposal, uh, it's, uh, it's it's it's. Essential to highlight and to put this in bold with, with three exclamation marks that the proposal is involving the worthy of the girl. And this cannot be emphasized enough, especially in a society where we're very independent, everyone makes their own decisions, nobody tells you what to do, and all this other stuff. Then it's important to highlight that a successful marriage uh, includes the family, uh, where the family is not being an obstruction. So a successful marriage includes a family. And this proposal, this uh, khitbah, which is asking for uh, the, a hand in a marriage, it's informing her wali, and it's not something which is a relationship between the boy and the girl uh, without the father being involved in it and her parents being involved in it from the very beginning. This is something which needs to be highlighted and emphasised. Also, there are certain etiquettes relating to the khitbah, to the proposal, which is important to look at. Uh, But again, they're covered more in detail in in, in the long course of fiqh, uh, which is who is impermissible to propose to, uh, and stuff like that. And also knowing that a a proposal to marriage isn't a marriage, doesn't open the door to things which are haram. When it comes to the proposal, this is an issue which uh, sometimes comes up, what can I see? Uh, and we live in a time where it's very easy to exchange photographs and it becomes an open door, which is dangerous, it needs to be closed. And what I mean by that is when it comes to uh, 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 the marriage or wanting to marry someone, and obviously you want to know what they look like, but there are also, uh, there are, let's say, hudud, or there are certain guidelines that have to be adhered to at all times. And this is especially the case when it comes to uh, uh, women sending photos of themselves for example to someone that's expressed an interest in marriage that photo uh, first and foremost uh, i don't advise generally speaking sending a photo it's better that the person sees you and you have a meeting and the like that's obviously what should be done as for if a photo is uh sent, then it should be shown and i don't recommend sending photos specifically as for what you can see then the scholars mention what what she wears ordinarily in front of her uh, um, uh, maharim. men, that's one opinion. The other opinion is that he can see what ordinarily shows from her face and her hands when she goes out. So that's again, uh, if that can be going into more details in the books of fiqh, specifically. Uh, however, when it comes to uh, seeing the other the, you know, the spouse before marriage it should be done in the meeting, and again with the family members present, so so as to remove any type of uh inclinations and whispers that shaitan will come with because shaitan is don't forget shaitan is haris he's he's got a lot of energy when it comes to causing facade in the families specifically in families specifically he's got he's got a lot of energy so a person has to be aware and not open the doors to share our another important thing about what you can see is what you can't see and obviously everyone's on uh, high alert at the moment more than ever before because of the knowledge of this virus, this COVID virus or the coronavirus, which is uh, causing uh, uh, the high death, death rates across the globe, as well as uh, uh, the fact that it's easily transmitted. Uh, so, this is a virus which obviously you can't see it, but you know it's there. Are, when it comes to viruses, these are physical viruses that affect a person. They come and they go. They come and they go. Uh, there's viruses which are just as which are eman viruses what do I mean by that I'm saying that these are things that have an impact on the person's Iman and you don't you can't necessarily see them immediately like they're not apparent on the outside they're things in the heart so for example a love of money an excessive love of money is something that you can't see you may not notice but it's something which is in the heart and it's, it's a virus in the sense that it can transmit what do I mean by that? If, for example, a person that's simple, they enjoy a simple life, they get married to someone that, 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 for example, is very lavish in their love of worldly things. It's going to have an impact on the relationship. And it may be the case that, for example, it has an impact on him or it has an impact on her, for example. So these are E-MAN viruses. A person has to be aware of them. Uh, and it's something that they need to realize that can have, it can have an impact, i.e. it can have an impact on another person's E-man. I, won't want, I don't want to mention specific cases, but there was lots of cases recently on Instagram about uh, certain famous uh, uh, influencers uh, that uh, that highlights this that you know you know there's this outward look of you know this perfect this perfectness of a relationship of Islam, but inside you can see for example you know one person is leaning towards away from Islam and with that he brings his wife or wives with him and this is is a result of of, of, a virus which is a love of dunya, a love of fame and other than that. So a person has to be aware not just of what you can see but also what you can't see as well. Uh, When it comes to actually getting married then there are certain conditions that are uh, essential for getting married and these are, are known as conditions for the marriage to be valid and to be uh, acceptable. From them obviously is a person has to be Muslim and the other thing that the scholars mention is called kafa'a which is compatibility for want of a better word. These are two important things that, that need to be looked at. Okay what does uh, Islam mean? Meaning that the person is a Muslim it's not permissible for a, a Muslim to marry a non-Muslim or for a Muslim man to marry a non-Muslima uh, except for if they're Ahlul Kitab and again the details of that is more Uh, is is, is studying in the books of uh, fiqh. All right, so we speak about Islam. There's also something about Islam with with regards to levels of Iman or compatibility. Compatibility means that a a woman that is striving on her deen, praying her salawat, staying away from maasi, is not compatible with a man, for example, who has no regard for knowledge, no regard for the deen, doesn't care about his salat and does things which are considered sinful like drinking or other maasi there's no compa- compatibility between these two people so they shouldn't be um, uh, married because there's not going to there isn't going to be a happy marriage a successful marriage and as is well known it's not permissible for a wali to force his daughter or those that are under his charge to marry someone that he wants them to marry and likewise as well vice versa and the reason i mention vice versa is because sometimes it's you've, you'd think that it's just the case where the the girl gets forced into marriage by her father. It's when we speak about forced marriages in the news, you always read about a girl being forced to get married, her cousin from back home and all these other scenarios, which are for her nightmare scenarios. There's also a lot of pressure on boys to marry someone that their mum wants them to marry, not the someone that they want them to get married. And there's a lot of pressure, emotional pressure, like a guilt trip thing that happens. That also is something which can have negative consequence because ultimately the marriage is what is often that should be happy and should be blissful and should be uh easy and not difficult and when it becomes difficult it ends up having resentment from the beginning resentment from the beginning is going to cause uh problems all throughout the marriage um relationships relationships okay imagine now uh alhamdulillah you went through the processes you found somebody and you've got married okay there when it comes to uh, relationships, then there isn't a relationship which is closer than the relationship between a husband and a wife. Allah Subh'ala mentions in the Quran and describes the closeness of this relationship by giving an example of a clothing, libas. They're a clothing for you and your clothing for them. Nothing comes closer than the clothes to your skin. So that's the closest something is to you. Uh, with regards to an object or a person so that being the case is uh, is essential to understand how do you communicate for example how do you what are your likes and dislikes how do you uh do certain things the time that you wake up types of food that you like are you a chocolate are you a chocoholic are you a person that's a health health fanatic if you're a health fanatic she's a chocoholic are you, is that something that you're going to be able to be patient where you're going to be trying to force her to become a health fanatic or vice versa these are these these are things which are important to understand before the relationship so that it doesn't become an issue of contention especially things which are small not containing not pertaining to haram and halal the basis of the relationship the basis of the relationship comes down to an I in the quran where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and live with them in kindness this is relating to women and the men are the twins of the women so it it also applies to women and how they live with uh, men i so the relationship is a relationship which has to be brought upon this understanding of kindness and compassion uh, and living together in a way which is going to be uh, equally uh, uh, equally good or happy for both parties. Uh, and this again, uh, there's a lot more that can be said about this topic, and this in the books so of Uh Okay, there's certain. This is just the principle, the, the basis. Okay, there are certain rights which are which are divine. What I mean by that is that Allah subhanahu wa taala has decreed that this is the haq, this is the right of the wife, and then that's it. That's no one, no one can say no. I don't want to do it. For example, I decide I'm not. No, you can't have that opinion because you're now taking away something which is a right that allah has given has given her and it's important that women know their rights like it's important that men know their rights not so as to for example nitpick on rights but so as to understand your status as a wife as well as your responsibility in the case of men as a husband With Regards to the what the wife's rights the wife's rights then i've mentioned two here there are more than two i mentioned the two Key ones, which is nafaqa, nafaqa, which means that the man provides. He's the one that spends on his wife. He's the one that looks after her. He's the one that uh, clothes her, houses her, and pays for her needs. And the second one is the right of affection, which is uh, love and compassion. Evidence for these two is uh, the nafaqa is something which is well known. As for affection, then the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said in numerous uh, uh, hadith uh, from them is a hadith which is close to when he was passing away I advise you of your women to be good and also as well there's so many a hadith speaking about uh, how the best of you is the best of you to his wives so this is shows the right of affection with regards to uh, uh, to show this affection as a hadith which I recommend uh, a long hadith, which I recommend everybody to look up and read. Really we don't have time to cover it now, but it's a hadith, hadith which is known as hadith of Um Zura'a, the hadith of Um Zurah, where a bunch of women come together to speak about their husbands and uh, they all speak about their husband. And in the end, Um Zurah mentions her husband. Uh, and what, what, what's the conclusion of the hadith is two things. Number one, that uh, how he was, she was protected from his criticism. He respected her views and her personal traits. Uh, and also he took into consideration the differences of their age, knowledge, and position in society. And he was generous with money. Okay, uh, the, that's the first part, his characteristics. Second part, this shows the affection. Second part is what the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu said after the, he mentioned this uh, hadith, this story to Aisha radhullah Anha, his wife. And he said to her, I am like, I am to you like Abi Zura is, except that I will not divorce you. So this uh, hadith, it shows uh, some of the traits is important. The second is the husband's rights. Uh, the husband's rights, again, these are the two of the key ones, two of the key ones. Uh, and there's others as well. Uh, but these are the two main ones, is obedience and the bed. Okay, obedience is well known. There's a hadith of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Uh, or uh, that men are uh, responsible for their of the women. That's one. That's the ayah. That's the the, that's the in the Quran. And also the Hadith of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu wa sallam, can say in can, can, per, pertaining to women that if she if she prays her prayers and fasts her fasts and obeys her husband, she will be told to enter Paradise by any door which which she wants, any door which she wishes. Now this word obedience. In the West, it's a heavy word, it's a heavy word because it gives the impression of, of, of you know, that means women are like children, her husband has to, controls her and stuff like that, that's a complete, that's a misunderstanding, that understanding needs to be removed and needs to be replaced with understanding uh, order, order, meaning that for a household to thrive, there has to be a level of order, who makes decisions, and who's so that this is what it, what it boils down to. And in this regard, the Messenger of Allah and the ayat are clear. In this regard, regards to obedience uh, to the husband. Likewise, as well as the right of the bed, uh, this is essential for the success of a of a marriage. Uh, uh, that there's the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, as I mentioned, uh, regards to uh, the, the the woman not refusing the husband when he approaches her, and this is also key. Okay, these, these, there's, there's a lot of research recently and a lot of campaigning from non-Muslim women, I'm going to mention this, uh, for going back to traditional uh, family structures. Uh, they're fed up with this feminism, then having to work. They want the man to be their leader. They want him to lead like a man. They want to be the one that's submissive and they want to embrace their femininity and live within the how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created her upon the fitrah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created her with with regards to her, her physical nature as well as her emotional nature. And this is a, 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 quite a big movement that coming from a lot of uh, non-Muslim uh, uh, women. And as Muslim as before them, you've been doing it anyway. But it's just to highlight that in, in a society where uh, feminism is, is at the forefront of every, every academia and everything that happens, it's important to highlight this. Uh, that obedience is not a dirty word and it doesn't mean you're a child but it's something which Allah taala has uh, decreed that the, the right of the husband is the right of obedience and it's something which we comply with uh, it doesn't mean oppressiveness that needs to be clear the message of Allah wasallam said in the hadith in the hadith that oppression is going to be dark on yawm al qiyamah so obedience doesn't necessitate and give the person the ability to be oppressive and like for example a wife uh, also as well doesn't in a position uh, where she's got a position of control, it doesn't allow her to abuse her power of control over the kids other than that to be oppressive as well. Okay, the next thing is with regards to joint rights. And this is something which speaks about now the relationship and that bonding that happens. Okay, these are the joint rights. This, this means that everybody's entitled to kind treatment in the relationship and everybody's entitled to uh, a level of tolerance from the other person for the things that they do wrong. The things that annoy, the things that, for example, they might make the mistakes that they say, their forgetfulness, they're transgressing the boundaries sometimes. All of those things are going to happen if you're living with someone. And I guess this is something which, in the time that we're in now, in this isolation, where you're, as men, for example, you're not going out anymore. You're at home with your wife 24/7 and your kids. If you're married, for example, uh, you're you're now having to realize you're now. Uh, I guess getting to know your wife again and likewise, well, or the wife or the husband. You know, you, you start to realize, hold on a minute, you know, I've been married what 15 years or seven years, or I've been married 10 years, I've been married. I didn't know you that as much as I've, I've, I've learned about you in the last 14 days in isolation with you, right? Why? Because now you're not even leaving the house. Uh, so you're really, especially if you live in. Uh, London, you have got small houses. You're really in, in each other's face. So now the the the, the patience has to really show. Uh, and patience again is a characteristic which is an act of ibadah which you're rewarded for. Being able to turn a blind eye and overlook things is a trait which is praiseworthy in men and in women. It's a joint right from both. Otherwise, there's not going to be there's, uh, there's going to be a lot of criticism. A lot of criticism, which breaks a person, doesn't do well to a person's uh, self-esteem. Uh, relationship, another relationship basics 101. This is this is, I, I guess, communication, and it's key. Uh, is the issue of consultation and consideration. Okay, what does what does that mean? Okay, what it means is that uh, uh, with regards to a uh, uh, with regards to a, it's called shura. Two, everyone knows this saying, two heads are better than one. Okay, if you have a problem, for example, in your yourself as an individual, then consult your wife. The Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who is the best of mankind, he used to consult his wife on affairs which were general for the Muslim Ummah. And this is something which is well known. It's something which is well known. Anyone that reads the seal of the Prophet Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, will see that he used to consult his wives, uh, like he consulted uh, Umm Salama when, it comes to, when he told everyone to shave their heads in the Hajj pilgrimage and they didn't do it so he went back to her and she he said what he he told her what happened and she advised him go and shave your head do the action so this is something which has a lot of benefits consultation with your wife the wife's consultation with her husband and also showing consideration it has a lot of benefits and it helps communication and more importantly it helps build trust consideration for example gift giving one way of showing consideration, showing gratitude, and gratitude is by gift-giving. The Messenger of Allah said, Tahadu, tahabu that give gifts and build love. Give gifts and build love. And gifts doesn't have to be elaborate, lavish, expensive handbags, for example, in the case of a man giving a gift to a wife. And also, it's not just a man giving gifts to a wife. It can be a wife giving gifts to a husband as well. It can be both ways. This is another thing which is important to understand. Yeah, women like gifts. Men also don't mind a gift every now and again as well. It's not that you have to always be buying gifts, but it's just that it's something which is also appreciated. So again, these these are the a, a basics for every relationship. The spouse relationship is the closest, so it has more right to these uh, these, 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 uh, these, uh, things, these 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 things, uh, these 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 traits, consideration, and mutual consultation. And there's so many benefits of consultation. It's just to mention some of them. Uh, number one, it builds love. Uh, because it shows that you care about the other person's opinion number two it allows you to reach the correct view two minds are better than one number three uh, once you've consulted and you've both come to an agreement now everyone's in in it so everyone it compels the other person to follow and carry out what was agreed with if you decided and dictated then they're going to think well i didn't want to do that anyway also as well uh, it allows everyone to give their views it increases the reward Uh, Also, because you're responsible for improving the dean of the other person, they are also responsible for improving yours. It allows people to build together and build a relationship, getting to know the other person and so on and so forth. So there's so many benefits of uh, consultation uh, with with your spouses and communication. Uh, Lastly, obviously, there's going to be times in relationships and it's just how it is that you lose it. She loses it or you lose it meaning that you know you become angry, you raise your voice, you shout, whatever it is, maybe even drop something and smash something. You know, Not that I'm saying that you should be going out and smashing things in the house, but it happens uh, because of anger. And it's important to understand that anger, first of all, is something which is from shaitan. So a person has to n- not say, okay, well, that's just me and carry on behaving in a manner which is unacceptable. No, uh, that anger has to be Uh, suppressed and has to be controlled in a way which doesn't uh, end up with evil or negative consequences. The Messenger of Allah was asked by a person to advise me, the Messenger said don't get angry, don't become angry. He repeated it three times, repeated the person said advise me again, advise me again, the Messenger of Allah said don't become angry, don't become angry. So it shows that anger is something which needs to be controlled and what the hadith means the scholars mentioned is don't act upon or don't act when you're angry. But it happens. Uh, and that causes a breakdown sometimes in the relationship when it doesn't have to. Uh, you're going to dislike things about your spouse. She's going to dislike things about you if you're a male and the vice versa. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us and guides us to have understand that you don't always know what's best for you. You don't always know what's best for you. Something might be good for you, and you don't and you think it's bad for you, and vice versa. Perhaps you dislike them. Are you you thinking to yourself, "I'm going to divorce, divorce this woman"? And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows that this is something which is good for you. So maybe that you dislike a thing, and that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala brings through it a great amount of good barakah and benefit. So it's important to understand that conflict is going to happen. And if one person is angry, the other person needs to be calm and vice versa and learn everyone's needs to learn everyone's triggers and stay away from them to make the relationship a relationship which is based upon uh, consideration as well as consultation. So these are just some of the points and I've tried my best to cover as much as possible in a shorter space of time. I think I've gone over time as well. So I'm just going to leave you with this. How much research would you do if you are investing a million pounds in a venture? are you going You if you're going to invest a million pounds you're going to just take it based upon the person's word someone comes to you they, they've got a proposition for a business a company they say i've got this way that I'm, i can triple your money you just give it to me are, are you going to trust them just based upon what they tell you are you going to look into it you're going to do research you're going to consult your parents you're going to consult those that are close to you specialists in that field what are you going to do okay when you're when you're Choosing a spouse, you're choosing a wife, a husband, then you need to do, you need to see it like this. It's a one million pound venture. Do your research. Don't take things on face value and don't think, take things just because of what a person said so that you're going to regret it at a later time. It's a big decision you're making. That should be made based, it should be an informed decision, not based upon whims or desires. It's not love at first sight. It's not based upon whims or desires. It's not based upon what a person shows. It's based upon the reality that you're able to find out through a consultation with your family members as well as those that are doing the proper research and alhamdulillah in today's time with so much data available online it's not that difficult to find out a lot of things about a person uh, inshallah i'm going to stop there but i just want to uh, also add that uh, uh marriages breaking a marriage is something which shouldn't happen marriages are supposed to last becomes disliked to divorce without a reason and staying in a marriage and working it out is a lot better than breaking it especially when there's kids uh, marriage divorce shouldn't uh, shouldn't be something which happens easily in our communities that's something which is really important uh, uh, in that regard what helps is like I said doing your research before you get married knowing the person you're going to marry so that you're making the decision that you're going to get married for life not for a week or a month or a year for example And again, the questions on the screen, that's how you have to be uh, approaching it so that it's done properly. And another thing which helps is something which uh, I offer, or something which we offer, is premarital coaching. Uh, So before you get married, going through a a few uh, coaching sessions with the family involved, obviously, and with their knowledge, uh, so that you can make the decision, make an informed decision uh, rather than making it based upon face value and inshallah we're going to stop there and take any questions if there's any uh, apologies for going over time hopefully it was something which was worth it and beneficial assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Um So, let's so look at some of these questions. My parents don't want me married young. What should I do? Um, if your parents uh, don't want you to get married young, then uh, you should trust them in what they want for you, and inshallah, uh, uh, go with what the advice they're saying. Maybe they know something that you can't see at that time. Inshallah, especially if their parents, which are saying no we want you to get married we don't want you to get married now as long as there's no rush to get married meaning uh, you know it's, it's not a case of falling to zina, then follow what your parents say generally speaking also this word the young what does it mean it would be, be good if you can clarify the exact age uh, because someone says my parents don't want to get married young and he's saying he's like 24 that's not young you know, sometimes my parents don't want to get married young and she's 21 that's not young if they say my parents don't want to be married young and she's 16, then of course that's young, right? So it's different. So you need to clarify exactly what's meant by young. If you're talking about 16, then obviously, you know, that is young. If you're talking about 21, then no, that's not too young. So it needs to be looked at the exact age. Uh, if a woman wears niqab, when can they sue to see her face? <laughs> uh, if, uh, with regards to seeing her face, and he, he can see it from the beginning, why, why, why should there be a delay? Why should there be a delay in seeing her face, especially as uh, it, it could be the thing that he uh, that is going to help him to, ma- to want to marry her as well? So it's something that shouldn't be uh, delayed. And Allah, Allah Ta'ala alam. How he sees her face, how he shows it—that's another uh, question altogether. Can you touch up on marrying a student of knowledge? Uh, what do you mean by touch? What do you mean by marrying a student of knowledge? Uh, are you going to be marrying someone that's currently studying in the Islamic University of Medina or another university abroad if that's what you mean then it's a good thing to do and obviously you know he's his situation of living off of uh makafa which is the income that the that the country give him or the the jama gives him like his grant that's not going to stay forever that's for a period of time which you know how long it is when he finishes he's going to get a job is going to work inshallah so that's not that difficulty is not going to be there for long um obviously my own student of knowledge doesn't necessitate for example that he's going to be you know a, a, a good person necessarily either so i still do your research still think about the one million dollar investment or one million one million pound investment and do your research still you can't you can't compensate for research before you make a decision well, i can't overemphasize that uh, um Zura, what was the name of the of the women of 12 was that the that's the name of the last one that tells her story of her husband her amazing husband who she there was no criticism she had of him whatsoever uh, and this is important because uh, it highlights traits which are uh, good in a in a manner regards to how he treats his wife are there signs to look for when praying istikhara, i.e. if you don't have a good feeling after praying istikhara, even though the person is deen, could be their family, so could this be the rest of the shaitan? With regards to salat al-istikhara, then generally speaking, uh, the principle is this. Okay, you're inclined towards something anyway. Either doing it or not doing it, you pray istikhara and you go towards what your inclination is. If it happens for you, alhamdulillah, baraka. You did istikhara, so you were always you're on the right course. And if it doesn't happen, then it didn't happen. And that was your istikhara. In short, that's the thing to do. People say dreams, they say this, they say that, ignore that. Whatever you're inclined towards doing, before you do it, pray istikhara. This is the point. Always pray istikhara before you take a decision, especially big ones like marriage and work and business, and go with what you're inclined towards doing. Inshallah Allah puts put barakah in it for you. Yeah, when a person feels they are not compatible, with uh, if a person feels they are not compatible with the husband of six years, is that an acceptable for divorce? No, wait another year. I, there's there's this thing that these people say. These uh, people that analyze data stuff after seven years, if a marriage passes seven years, it's going to last for the other twenty one years and stuff like that. Shalla, if you've done six years already, then do another year and shall I be patient. Inshallah, when you say compatibility then uh, what I meant by compatibility, like I said before, isn't necessarily that you are exactly the same. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. And, I, uh, and it's not the fact that, for example, he likes, uh, he's he's into uh, coffee and she likes tea, for example. that That's fine. That's not a problem. It's not going to cause your marriage to break down. You know, what we're talking about is incompatibility with regards to Dean. So, for example, she's uh, a person that's striving and he's, Iman is low. He does... Nonsense, for example, of the kaba'ir, this type of stuff. Had I meet on a halawa before marriage, uh, had a, uh, with regards to the pre-marital coaching sessions. Uh, then, inshallah, if you send a message or an email to uh, Medina College, then they'll forward it on, inshallah, to me, and I'll be able, and then I'll, I'll follow up with it. Where should one look for a spouse? How should one go about if he has few friends to ask for a referral? Uh, this question about how you find a spouse—it shouldn't be such a big problem. And I know many people say it is that they can't find a wife, they can't find a husband. And to be honest with you, uh, it shouldn't—it shouldn't be such a big issue. Although it is. As for why it is, then first and foremost, a person has to uh, understand, they have to trust, another. they make, either have good khutmah done with Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have to look at themselves and rectify themselves. Uh, by rectifying themselves, inshallah, that like, makes them in a better position to get married. And after that, they just have to take the necessary means, whether that's, for example, like you mentioned here, uh, friends and family, or for example, brothers that are already married, or for example, uh, uh, as a last resort, and I don't recommend it, is using, for example, some of these marital websites, uh, but they have to be ones which are serious, not ones that are playing about. Uh, then also those are, are taking the means. Whatever means are permissible in this time then you take it. There's a principle in sort of I.e. the means take the ruling of the objective. So if, for example, a means to get married is using one of these uh, matrimonial sites, and it takes the ruling of the objective that you're using. In terms of husband and wife making mistakes in marriage, what advice would you give in terms of forgiveness and avoiding divorce over small issues? Uh, I think it's, the answer is mentioned there. Uh, that I think the main thing is to be able to overlook. Turn a blind eye. Bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. Bite your tongue, bite your tongue and make the to Allah. Allah. Don't, don't criticize. Bite your tongue. If you've got something to say, it's going to be bad. Keep it in and don't say it. And make the to Allah, Allah. You're going to find your situation changes. The best thing is to bite your tongue. Uh, I don't. I'm a revert and struggling to get married. My family don't want me to marry a Muslim and will disown me. What shall I do? Again, uh, a, if you're if you're of age to get married, then marriage is something which is good. The Messenger of Allah encouraged it. The scholars say that it's it's highly recommended, if not wajib. Depends on the circumstance. Uh, your parents, they're not allowed to prevent you from something which is uh, obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, if they're going to say, don't get married to a Muslim and you're Muslim, then you, you, there's not obedience to the creation, disobedience to the creator. Uh, seek Allah's help, move forward, ala barakatillah. Seek Allah's help and move forward, uh, ala barakatullah That's what i to say. What do you do if after you become religious and your, and your husband? Doesn't be patient, carry on, uh, make him dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remember how you was before you were religious and know that your husband uh, can also become like you more religious as well it just takes time i want to marry but i'm studying now i do not have a job i'm 20 years old and i'm going to, want to marry from another culture I don't. Know. okay that's that's can't be answered in a question uh, generally speaking uh, you need to get uh, your parents involved uh am i Someone? Dad doesn't want to matter uh, the, basically just kind of include your parents as for the details of it and that needs, needs to be answered in a, another session or another sitting. What's your per, p- opinion on parents obstructing marriage from a suitable candidate? Uh, the parents are going to be, if they obstruct a marriage uh, without a reason from a suitable candidate on a number of occasions, then they are to be uh, 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 bypassed basically. Uh, but you're not the one that bypasses. This is a key thing. Yeah, they were to be bypassed, meaning that their uh, guardianship in in this specific issue of marriage, for example, in the case if it's uh, if it's the father, it needs to be passed on to someone that's not going to obstruct you or stop you from getting married because it's not from his huck to do that to the point that you don't get married. But who's the one that bypasses? It's not you. And it's not, for example, the, the man that, that you want to marry. It has to be taken to. A Sharia council of some sort. Uh, what if you want to marry someone, and the reason your parents are upset the same as a, is because, uh, with regards to if you want to get married, and the, uh, the reason your parents are 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 unaccepting is because a man has a child from a previous marriage. Then again, if you're if you don't have any children from a previous marriage, and you're able to then marry someone that doesn't have any children from a previous marriage, and please your parents and please yourself. There's no need to displease your parents uh, at the and at the end you end up also displeased as well because of the responsibilities that come with it uh, so the advice is to uh, always strive always strive to please your parents as well as pleasing yourself as is well known the right of the parents are is huge in al-islam it's it's huge also uh, the messenger of Allah another the pleasure of Allah is in the pleasure of the parents Displeasure of the parents, and there's so many ayat and so many ahadith that speak about the rights of the parents. So be careful. What if you're being abused in a marriage and there's a child involved, should it be marriage or not? Again, this is a question which needs more uh, explanation. But generally speaking, abuse in a marriage is, is not allowed. And if you're being abused in a marriage, then uh, you have a right, for example, to, uh, to get out of the marriage. However, that needs to be done Uh, get intervention basically in short get intervention to someone to sit down between you and uh, resolve it how can we conduct an encounter during this epidemic Uh, wait until afterwards it's not going to be long inshallah be patient inshallah it's around the corner should he marry off his daughter to a man she wants who is not religious but if he ever fall into fitna Mm, uh, no he should marry her to someone that is compatible with her and who is also religious. When we say religious, what we mean is practicing, I'm assuming you mean he's, he's establishing the basics. If he's not establishing the basics, he meaning praying to pray five times a day, fast in the month of Ramadan, and his daughter is, then he shouldn't marry her to him. No. Uh, the, okay. Uh, I think that's all of the questions. How, should want, how long should the person of getting married should take, and what is too much from the agreement to that uh, Be careful. Be careful of a the khitbah process being extended for, for too long. Uh, if that's the case then it's usually an indication that there's some type of uh, reluctance on the side of one or the other. Uh, so uh, unless it's because of a reason outside of the fact that it's just being delayed. So for example oh, when they, you know there's studies involved and in when a person finishes studying for example, that's, that's the reason. If there isn't an actual reason then you should be careful if it's just be delayed for the sake of delaying it then you should be careful because it shows a hesitation potentially hesitation on the side of one or the other uh, inshallah i think we're going to stop there because we're coming to an hour if there are other questions inshallah hopefully they can get answered in another session assalamu alaikum wa